Thank you for tuning into the weekly sermon from Journey of Hope, a United Methodist community. We are a welcoming community that fosters belonging and acceptance. Through ministries, we enable individuals to transform their lives as they learn to follow Jesus Christ. We follow the guidance of the Spirit in sharing our faith through missional adventures, building relationships, and offering our witness to our community and world. We serve the Elgin, Illinois area and are located at the corner of Randall Road and Highland. To learn more about us, you can check us out at johumc.org or any of our social media platforms by searching Journey of Hope. And now, here is this week's message. Our first reading is from Ezekiel, chapter 37, 1-14. through 14. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. <clears throat> It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, Prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, This is what the Sovereign Lord says, Come, breath, from the four winds, and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, Our bones are dried up, and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, This is what the Sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. The next reading is from Isaiah, chapter 43, 16 through 19. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do not perceive it. I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. May God bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his word. Amen. 
a familiar passage. Ezekiel and the dry bones. Uh, For many choir members, they will just immediately start singing something about dem bones, dem bones, dem dry bones. Soon as you hear that passage, you start to go, oh, yeah, 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 I know that one. So I'm going to encourage you to have your bulletins handy, uh, to jot notes down, because when the Spirit speaks to you this morning, uh, which I know the Spirit will, you can jot those notes down so that you don't forget them, because I think they might be important for you today. So I'm going to ask that you would pray with me. Gracious and almighty God, God, I, God, I pray that this message is a message for your people. God, that I pray that, uh, that I would decrease and that you would increase, that the words that I speak would no longer be my own, but they would be your words, your words for your people. In Jesus' name, amen. So as Keith would, uh, would always say, context is important. Context is needed when reading, hearing, and understanding Scripture. And so today's passage is absolutely no different. Ezekiel is a prophet to Israel during a time of captivity in Babylon. It is a time of exile, of loss, a time of doubt and fear, and a time of hopelessness. They felt like they were lost. They felt like, like God had forsaken them and left them to die in Babylon. Can you imagine? Can you place yourself in their sandals? Does the thought of feeling the life escape out of you seem familiar? Have you, have you experienced a time here that was full of doubt and fear? A time of feeling hopeless, that things were never going to get better. This is where Ezekiel was prophesying to the Israelites. It's a familiar passage today. We hear about the vision that God has given to Ezekiel, but we need to hear why the vision was given. And I feel like since, uh, since Ezekiel was prophesying to the people, that I feel like I need to get a little closer to the people. So, sorry, uh, it's JJ. I'm throwing JJ for a loop there going, wait a minute, hang on. All we have to do to to figure this whole thing out is get back to chapter 26. Because in verses 24 through 26, we hear these words being spoken to the Israelites. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from your idols. I will give you a new heart. And a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I will give you a new heart, a new spirit. I will bring you back home, out of exile, out of the fear and the doubt, out of the loss, out of the hopelessness. I will restore you. I will bless you. These are promises that God is giving to the people of Israel. And because we all know human nature, we can assume that the question comes back to Ezekiel. Can this really be true for us? 
Can this really be happening? If so, how is this ever going to happen? Look at us, wasting away in exile, not sure of what the next day is going to bring. We're not sure if we will be around much longer. We're not sure if we have enough resources to sustain this group. How can this be? We're not sure we believe anymore. We're not sure we have the faith to trust what we are hearing from you. For quite some time, Epworth and Wesley churches had been asking similar questions about the future of their buildings, of their congregation, of their history, and the memories that they have all created together. You thought about some difficult questions. I know you did. You thought about mergers, about different ministry plans, moving to smaller buildings, and even closing. So many of these conversations just sap the life right out of congregations. Just thinking about some of these options is enough to make you wonder if God is still working. If God is still guiding or if God is still empowering. You begin to question your very purpose here in this church. Even maybe losing some of your hope. Now, I have to say, for all of our our guests here this morning or worshiping online, and for all of you loyal members of either congregation, that this is not where the story ends. I truly believe that God is calling us to a revival to a revitalization of this congregation. And I trust that with the Holy Spirit's guiding, we will be blessed in our work. We will see great things at Journey of Hope. Will we not? Back to Ezekiel and his vision, because I think there's a lot that we can learn about this vision especially in our congregation. We have to notice that this vision comes in stages. It doesn't come all at once. It comes in stages. It processes along, following the proclamation that God will give them a new heart, a new spirit. The first stage is that of a valley of bones. And they're not just dry. They were scattered all over the valley floor. These bones are representatives of the tribes of Israel, as we have seen bef- said before. They're a group of people that were thinking too much of themselves, too much about maybe their families or about what was in it for them. They weren't thinking about each other as a family or as a group of people called by God. They were not connected, just as the bones were not connected. They were separated. They were alone. They were filled with despair. They were hopeless. They had no reason to believe that they would ever live again. They're never going to make it back home again. This life in Babylon is all they will ever know. They might as well roll over and die. How terrible must it have been for them? How painful to know what they had lost, thinking that they would never gain it back again. But you know what? Too often churches act the same way. 
There are groups that are doing one thing while another group is doing something completely unrelated. They're participating in so many different forms of ministry, but they lack focus. The multitudes of groups are are not connected together. They feel like they're doing good things and serving the community, but they're doing it more as individuals than as the collective body of Christ. When the body gets connected, the cross-training, the cross-ministry opportunities come alive because we don't want to do things halfway. We want to do them really well. Everyone begins to feel like they're more on the same team. Instead of fighting to get more volunteers for their particular mission or their ministry program, You see, when we become scattered like this, we begin to feel alone. Resentment sets in as we see certain ministries fail while others continue to flourish. We wonder why things keep shrinking, why things just fade away. I mean, really, these are important ministries and missions. Why wouldn't God want us to do them? to be involved with all of these other organizations. But the lack of focus to the mission of the church distracts us away from where God is leading. We're not connected. Make a mistake about this. I'm not saying that we need to stop missions or stop ministries. I'm saying that we need to focus our attention and get reconnected to each other and make sure that everything we do follows our mission And our vision of belonging, changing, and sharing. We can't stay scattered as those bones in the as the bones in the valley were. We will not survive if we do. No church can survive if they're not connected to each other. One of the beautiful ways that I love about the Methodist Church is our connection with so many different churches all around this world. Then Ezekiel actually was asked to prophesy to the bones that God would lay sinews, uh, and actually the words that that the New uh, International Version says is tendons, and cover them with flesh and skin. And so he did, and the bones started to be connected with tendons and ligaments. Flesh began to form around the bones and skin. It covered them. It looked like real people. We can't stay like that little piece that Anne was sharing earlier today of just the bones. We need the tendons and the flesh to start coming upon us and connecting us together. But we need to also realize that that they only looked like people who were alive. They looked lifelike, but they weren't alive. There was no life within the bodies that had just been formed. How often do we see this? within churches. There are people all around, but they don't have this this life in them. They're going through the motions. They're maybe ushering or singing in the choir or reading scripture or helping out at shelters and food pantries and attending meetings, maybe even chairing some of those meetings, but there's no life in them. We feel like we just have a duty to perform. Just got something to do. We feel like this is something that we just do. You ever feel like that, going through the motions? It's like, oh, well, this is, why are we doing this? I don't know. It's just because this is what we do. Someone asks us to make a dish for a potluck, serve at pads, or help pack shoe boxes, and so we do. 
but is our heart in it? Do we have a new heart, the new heart that God is promising to those Israelites? Do we feel the presence of the Holy Spirit in what we are doing? Are we alive? Or are we like those bones with fresh tendons and flesh, but no life? Finally, Ezekiel is asked to prophesy to the breath, to call upon the four winds and to breathe life into the bodies that have been formed. We hear this again in the, in the book of Acts. If you remember, as the disciples were waiting for the Holy Spirit to descend upon them, they were huddled up in that upper room, and when the Spirit came, it blew through the place, filling them with the Holy Spirit, filling them with that new life. They spoke in different languages and were inspired to new ministry, far-reaching beyond the walls in which they were worshiping that day. They became fully alive. The bodies in Ezekiel's vision also came fully alive, all because the Spirit of God filled them. What does that sound like? Yeah, Genesis. We hear God created Adam and Eve and breathed life into their nostrils. God breathed life into each and every one of us. You see, when the church is connected and fully alive, the Holy Spirit indwelling in them, there is nothing that can stop them. Nothing. Philippians 4.13 tells us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Nothing will stop us. And God tells us again and again and again that we should never fear. Why? Because He is with us. Wherever God is leading us, He will give us the strength, the courage, and the provisions to make it happen. But we have to be willing to go where God leads. We have to be willing to step outside of our little box, our little comfort zone, and follow Jesus Christ into this world. You see, we, like the dry bones, have been scattered for far too long. We have laid, wasting away, wondering if help would come, if God would deliver us, if God would help us to prosper. Too long we've talked about what is next. Where do we go? What do we do? And then doubting and questioning so much of where God was leading. We, like the connected, lifeless bodies, have wandered the halls of this and other buildings, not filled with the Holy Spirit, not filled with the abundant life that is promised to us. Many of us have gone through the motions, filled with apathy, and, but not have fully engaged the Spirit in ministry using our time and our spiritual gifts to the glory of God. And so we find ourselves here, in this moment, in this place, looking for guidance from our Creator. Brothers and sisters, there is good news today, and we see it in the vision of Ezekiel. There is new life. There is new hope. Now, regardless of what you've been taught or thought about this passage in the past, it's not about resurrection. It's not. It's not talking about dead bodies returning to life. This is a vision of new life. It's about a new heart and a new life that God has promised to each and every one of us, just as it was to those Israelites. Notice that this is a vision not of what the people are doing, but what God is doing. 
It's not what the people are doing. It's what God is doing. It's not that the people were performing more rituals. They're uh, doing more missional work or more care ministry that made them come alive. It was the grace of God that filled them up and gave them new life. This is a proclamation for Journey of Hope. God has promised new life right here. We just need to accept it and then live into it. Our connection with each other is important, and the indwelling of the Holy Spirit is crucial. It's time to awaken our souls and spirits to God's calling for us. It's time we step out of the box and try something new. It's time we allow God the space to truly move in this space, offer God our hearts and our lives for His purposes. It's time we rise up. It is time that we rise up. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this passage once again from Ezekiel, but I also want to remind you of something, because some of you know this, as I have shared this uh, in some of the planning and, and other things for this service, but this message is not new. This message is certainly not new. In fact, this message was written and given August 25th, 2019. Now, I know that not everybody remembers that. Uh, I'd be really, really surprised if you remembered that, hey, wait a minute, I've heard this. This was a message given four weeks after I came here, after I came to the doors of Epworth. This was prior to even beginning a discussion with, with Wesley UMC and the, and the possible merger. This was a message that was given almost three, well, three years ago. And so there's a lot of times that we talk about prayer journals and writing down your prayers so that you can go back to them and, and read them again and re- see exactly where God has answered prayer. And so when I went back and I reread this, yes, I changed a couple of the words because uh, obviously, I had Epworth written in here and a number of other things going on. But, uh, but as I read back through this and I read where God was calling us, August 25th of 2019, and where we are today, yes, this message still has deep meaning for us as we sit here. But can you see where God has brought us from 2019 to 2022? Can you see all of the different things that God has guided us on, that God has provided us with, that God has led us to this particular moment. It is amazing when you get out of God's way and you let God lead. And so I want you to hear this once again. This is Ezekiel 37. The hand of the Lord was upon me, and he brought me out, and the Spirit of the Lord set me down in the middle of the valley, and it was full of bones. And he led me around among them, and behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley, and behold, they were very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, you know. Then he said to me, prophesy over these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter in you 
and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you and will cause flesh to come upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. And so I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a sound. Behold, a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to its bone. And I looked, and behold, there were sinews upon them. The flesh had come upon them, and skin had covered them. But there was no breath in them. And then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath came into them and they lived and they stood on their feet as an exceedingly great army. An exceedingly great army. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. Behold, they say, our bones are dried up and our hope is lost. We are indeed cut off. Therefore, prophesy and say to them, thus says the Lord God, Behold, open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. And I will bring you into the land of Israel and you shall know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and raise you from your graves, O my people. I will put my spirit within you and you shall live. I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. I have spoken and I will do it. Have you seen God do this over the past three years? Have you seen new life enter into this journey of hope? Have you seen new life enter into your life in these past three years? Have you been filled with the Spirit? It's time to rise up. It's time to once again hear that voice saying, look, I'm making all things new. Don't think about the past. Don't think about where you came from. Think about where I'm leading you now. Think about where I am guiding journey of hope. Yes, we have a past. Yes, we have a history. We should never let our history go because there is power in retelling those stories. There's power in telling the testimonies and the witnesses that we have experienced, whether that's Wesley, whether that's Epworth, whether that's Grace, whether that's any other church that you might have come from. You have a testimony and you're sharing that as we move forward along this journey of hope. That is a message for us today. Even as it was a message for us three years ago. It's time to rise up. I, I want to close with a prayer, uh, a prayer that was, uh, that was written by Sir Francis Drake in 1577. Uh, and so I want to share this with you. So will you pray this prayer with me? Disturb us, Lord, when we are too well pleased with ourselves, when our dreams have come true because we have dreamed too little, when we arrive safely because we have sailed too close to shore. Disturb us, Lord, 
when with the abundance of things we possess, we have lost our thirst for the waters of life. Having fallen in love with life, we have ceased to dream of eternity. And in our efforts to build a new earth, we have allowed our vision of the new heaven to dim. Disturb us, Lord, to dare more boldly, to venture on wider seas where storms will show your mastery. We're losing sight of land. We shall find the stars. We ask you to push back the horizon of our hope and to push us into the future in strength, courage, hope, and love. In Jesus' name, amen. And so if you have heard this message this morning, if God has spoken to your heart, I'm going to encourage you to stand and join in our closing hymn because this closing hymn really speaks it out. It says, God says, who am I going to send? And our response should be, here I am, send me. There are times when you just have to listen when God speaks. And so as I moved the pulpit and these little things came rolling out of the pulpit, uh, there's a message here. I was like, okay, God, I got it. Uh, because last week we talked about the potter and the clay and about how we are formed and shaped and how God continues to work with us. This is a message again from us today, that God continues to form and shape us, to breathe life into us, breathe that new life into us so that we can go and share the gospel message with all of those around us. And so remember that you are like clay, that God is the potter forming you and then breathing that new life into you, giving you a new heart, not a heart of stone, but a heart of flesh, and says, go, serve, and do all that you can to love God and to love neighbor. And so as we get ready to go forth, I, I want to remind you that, that we have a project for, for many of the young ones to work on, but it's not just for them. It's for the adults as well. Uh, and so make sure that you see that little house that, that Dan built for us. Uh, we're going to be doing some painting on that today. Uh, and then we also have some of those Sunday school classes that are starting today. So I encourage you to go grab uh, some fellowship time, share some conversations. But go, knowing that God, the potter, the love of God the Potter, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit goes with you. And it goes with you always. Amen.